0: August 30, 2022, it's a What for Pedro Show. Pedro Show. Happy uh, Tuesday, Happy right, Tuesday brother man? Tuesday this week, yeah. Yeah, let's
1: mute the fucking thing.
0: 21 years and three months of doing the show, and I'm still <laughs> blowing clams. <laughs> we start <laughs> off the show. How are you? And how was Sunday for you in Pasadena, brother man?
1: This ain't no picnic. It was bitching, man. You guys rocked that stage. It was so cool having those giant video monitors on the side. The whole day was fun. It was a cool time.
0: And we played in front of uh, Mr. Chen's ghost fish. A photo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we started off the show today with John Coltrane doing Time Was, and then Sleepyhead with Play. Speaking of Sleepyhead, Brother Matt, who do we got via Skype? We got some Sleepyheads. We got some Sleepyheads. <laughs> and we want to check out their uh, journeys through music, which I've been enlightened to the fact that they're all different. Uh, so, but Rachel wants to go first. So, Rachel, please bring your earliest musical memory
2: well i guess my earliest musical memories are around the campfire with aunts and uncles and uncles playing guitar so that was part of my growing up that that's very i think very typical and that was really fun but it did not push me in the direction of playing any instrument myself so for me when i think of my younger years so middle school high school That was all about singing, musical theater. Like, I missed all the great bands of the 80s in Boston because I was doing musical theater productions in my high school. But I loved it. That made me very happy. Um, Okay, let
0: me go back back before that. Like, in the pad you grew up, because you said at the campfire you had relatives with guitars. Was there any, any instruments in the pad where you grew up?
2: Well, there were, but I wasn't. You I, never so jumped on There was on a them. drum set. There was a drum set my whole life, but I was never allowed to play it because we lived in apartments. So... So why was there was, a drum set? There was a drum set because my dad had played when he was in high school and, had, and a little bit in college, never really in a band, just for fun, kind of catch-as-catch-can.
0: And he just had uh, him set up there like like some people have paintings on the bulkhead. He had drum set. <laughs> but don't play it. What? It was, What? What about at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that?
2: No, no choir. Okay, what was was the
0: first record you bought with your own money?
2: I think the first record I bought with my own money was Tattoo You.
0: Rolling Stones.
2: So that was eighth grade, I think.
0: And what was the first gig you saw?
2: That was Boy George, but that was an aberration. I, uh, Culture so, Club so that or was Boy George? School. What?
0: Culture Club or Boy George?
2: Uh, I feel like it was just Boy George, but this is a long time ago, so I'm not gonna. You know that you know.
0: guy before he was in Culture Club was a boxer?
3: Really?
0: What? I did not know that. Yeah. I, he's kind and, of a big dude, you know? you know, He's wearing yes. those, the makeup and all the, the funny clothes, oh but he's gosh.
2: kind yes. of a big dude. <clears throat> Right, cause so I you said I, you know, got into music
0: very, in yeah. high school. Yeah. So I'm not talking about graduating, but in the afternoon, did you get into the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band kind of thing? No,
2: no, no. Well, I there wasn't was there, no- so
0: I got to ask you this till I get this fucking yeah. mind reading thing figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I just, You know, I just wonder, a lot of people... That, that was their gateway drug, right? The, the, just jamming with your friends
2: to get... Right, no, that, yeah. did, that did not happen until I was in college. And so two years into college, I switched dorms. I was an RA. I met Chris. He lived on my floor. And I dated a guy who was in a band. And that exposed me to all these small bands playing little places all around New York City. And even though we broke up, i really liked the scene and so the summer between my junior and senior year i said i'm going to learn how to play something and somehow i managed to convince my father to let me set up the drums and just covered them with all sorts of stuff so they didn't make any noise and then i dragged them back to nyu and that is when i finally went to the basement in the band with chris and mike he can talk about how he met mike our first bass player And that was the beginning. And we sort of just launched into trying to play original songs. And the only way the musical theater helped me, I would say, reflecting back, is that tap dancing is close to drumming. So that helped me. Because I never had any lessons. That was the thing. So I just sort of brought the drums and and did it.
0: Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, I think either singing or drums was the first probably musical instruments. With humans, yeah. So yeah. you, you want to go next, Chris? Sure. What's your earliest musical memory?
3: Yeah, my like I grew up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, um, and my parents like. What was that mother- band from
0: there? Was it the Freeze?
3: Yes, the Freeze are from from Massachusetts. Yep, and the Incredible Casuals, which is, shares some NRBQ members, also from Cape Cod.
0: And otherwise, uh, I think uh, John Waters likes to hang out in the summertime there.
3: Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Yep, definitely. So it's like so it's not close like it's about an hour and a half from Boston and a little bit closer to Providence. Um, my we had a piano in the house that that my grandmother had given to my parents and my mother had an, an acoustic guitar but they she played a little bit but not really very much. Um, but they did appreciate music and like uh, they They basically had my sister and I take piano lessons.
0: I think I was five, probably. And I wasn't all that interested in it at first. Well, you know, that's a key moment a lot of guests uh, we've had on the show is the whole, sometimes it's a brutal experience, the piano lesson trip. And we've we've found it's usually not the piano's fault. It's the teacher. (laughs) Yeah,
3: well, (laughs) that's funny because the teacher was this really nice older woman and we would go to her house and her house was like crazy full of plants and and she had about like 20 cats and I'm not exaggerating she just like cats she just let them in her house and and actually my sister and I each had a half hour lesson and we would wait while the other one did the lesson and I think both of us enjoyed the half hour that we weren't doing the lesson because we could play with the cats and we didn't have any cats at my house so but she was very nice so it was it wasn't a bad experience other than i was that i do remember a few recitals when i was younger that i was like really nervous about but it did give me a good sense of music like the piano the sort of visual aspect of the keys sort of matching musical notation i switched to saxophone like in middle school and in fact i played the saxophone up until
0: ninth grade when i was in the marching band found the so you were in the that. marching band you know i, I asked was. this question about the school shit because you know some yeah. schools get rid of their arts and their music programs yeah you know also their lesbian dance theory is that the other uh, <laughs> I, mean, kind of I didn't have that clean everything but- up right <laughs>
3: Yeah, I was getting a little tired of the saxophone by then. My parents said you got to do at least your first year of high school, you got to do it and then you can decide after that if you want to continue. So, fair enough. I did it my ninth grade. I think I kind of enjoyed it. But then well, I now, started l- really... Let
0: me ask you. since am a big John train friend. Was it yep. alto, soprano, Definitely. or tenor? Or, or baritone? I don't,
3: I don't think there was even a tenor sax in the in the whole marching band. It was always alto for
0: for little guess,
3: guys. It, yeah. Yeah, but nowadays, like our son who played the guitar in his jazz band in high school, they had tenors and baritones and everything. But that was a much I more went to a.
0: The Violent Femmes had me come see them play, and they had some cat, like, way baritone. They, he had to get up on a ladder.
4: <laughs> oh. Yeah, those are
0: crazy. I mean, so what was the first record you bought with your own money? I should remember that. So the first
3: record, vinyl record, I, I don't know if it, so I like the Columbia Tape Club thing I did a bunch, but the first record I bought was on a school French trip to Quebec City, and I bought Simple Minds, Sparkle in the Rain, and brought it home back to uh, Massachusetts.
0: And what was the first gig you saw? All right, the, so here's
3: the, so the, the first gigs I saw, this is my parents. So I saw the Clancy Brothers at the Cape Cod Melody Tent, When I was a kid, then I saw Neil Diamond at the Providence
0: Civic Center, like on the I just asked for the first gig,
3: okay? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ,
0: maybe these questions are are complicated (laughs) tricks.
3: Yeah, but then here here's the one you're really getting at. I had an older (laughs) friend. He's actually he was in the sub pop band Six Finger Satellite, but not at the time. But he he um. I got you. Play some
0: gigs with six, Six. Finger satellite providence. Bank. Yeah, yeah,
3: so he's a family friend. He I've known John McClain, the guitar player from Six Finger Satellite, since I was a baby, actually, because our parents are friends. And my and I, we he took me to see X at the Orpheum in Boston. X and the Letter was,
0: or EX the Dutch band?
3: Right? X, the LA band at yeah, Xene. And, and yeah. And I was in eighth grade at the time, and that just blew my mind. How it like that? Blew my mind. So, and then I, not too long after that, we saw REM together. And then I just like, want to
0: know the first gig. You can only have your first gig <laughs> once, you know. I would
3: say, X, I'll read that. your tour diary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the list of all the gigs you saw. So, uh, you continue on with me. When you went, you went to where Rachel meets you at yeah. college, did you go to college what? for music? No, English. Okay, so music yeah. was kind of well during school. You were doing it in school, but did you do the afternoon thing like the basement band, garage band, bedroom band?
3: Yeah, a little bit with two friends uh, in high school. Um, yeah, but we didn't do very much. It was a drummer who was actually a good drummer, and a, another kid who played guitar. And like the, our big, like our biggest accomplishment is we learn how to play. That's when I reach for my revolver. But mission to Burma. Yes, and no, but none of us really wanted to sing, so it was a strictly instrumental
0: version. And was but, it uh, just it, practice band, or did you guys ever do gigs? Nah, just practice. Just, okay. just, that's, just no, that's just, okay. I just yep. want, I just want to know. You know, it, it, there's a lot of paths. Like Rachel yep. said, everybody's different. Or yep. She's yep. different. We're all the same, but she's different. <laughs> yeah. uh, so okay, now you meet her because you guys are on the same floor of the dormitory. Yeah. And she sees you, you're doing music on the side, and she,
3: yeah, because I brought my guitar, yeah, freshman year. She wants
0: to be part of this, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so you guys make a is this Sleepyhead, or is it, yeah, it is. Oh, it is, okay, so this is the beginning of
3: 1989. We started the band, started
0: okay. Can you remember the first Sleepyhead song? Well, who, like, did you write songs before this band? No, not really. So this is your first time writing songs, right? So can yep. you remember the first Sleepyhead song?
3: Yeah, I think it was called Albatross. It actually came out on this Shimmy compilation that Mike McGonigal put out. I think that was the first one we ever wrote.
0: And oh, yeah. uh, what about the first Sleepyhead gig? Yep. Oh
2: yeah, the coffee house in the dorm.
0: Yeah. We were
3: the musical guest of like a of a comedy group that did like a Saturday Night Live type of show, and, and we played a couple of songs in the middle of it in the dorm. How did go? it go? It was great. We did a Sex Pistols cover, "Holidays in the Sun," and like maybe one or two of our brand new first songs we ever wrote, and it was cool. And then you know it was in the dorm, so everyone in the dorm came down to watch it. it as like a built-in crowd. And yeah.
0: Now you. And Rachel were in the band, but there was other members, right? Because she mentioned something about another bass player.
3: Yeah, Mike was the first bass player, Mike Golinski. So he was the bass player throughout the 90s. Like when we first started, he went to NYU too.
2: Yeah, he lived in the dorm. And then when he went off to be a filmmaker, Dan Cuddy, who's in the special pillow now, was like our bridge to Derek, who then worked at my school uh, here up in uh, Massachusetts, and that's how we met. Because Dan was staying in New York, he couldn't he couldn't do it forever. But he was critical; he kept the band going when we moved back here with our first kid.
0: And how did and, you get that yeah. name, Sleepyhead?
2: Oh yep. yeah, so that I'll try to do the short version. It, it relates to the coffee house. So we had no name, but we had the show. And we were also practicing huge amounts of hours per night. And so that makes you tired. And it was college when you have enough time to have a nap in the afternoon. So one day I was having a beautiful nap and we had the practice space signed out and Chris and Mike came to get me and I was so tired and so wonderfully asleep. They just couldn't really wake me up and they shook me awake. And I was kind of groggy, and Mike, in a very frustrated voice, said, we should just call the band Sleepyhead after you. And we just looked at each other, and we said, that's it. And that was that's how we got the name.
0: All right, I want to play some Sleepyhead. <laughs>
5: Don't sing, no chance to get up We'll feel like we're down Just don't light up, you don't know about this town Cross your fingers, hope don't die Just yet. right away with a dance Hope I'm sitting here safe It's not nice to start to show The saturation of the senses. Talk about today and use those future tenses. The law, is this a party or a brawl? We're to count to ten and then we're gonna fall. We're gonna talk together, we only go down. Just don't know.
6: Down, down, day, down, down, day, down, down. I'll be here day, down, down, too. We go day, down, down, day, down, down, day, down, down. We go day, down, down.
7: like I just went somewhere.
0: That chunk of music started off a sleepyhead doing Punk Rock City, USA. Then the Casual Dots with The Frequency of Fear. Primary Mystical Experience with Battle of the Future. Noisuka with Robo Nobo Daddy Cop. Make America Cool, in parentheses. Diane Marie Kloba with Undaunted Love. XV with Good Night. Return of the Evil Jazz Man from Bombas Prendon. Tropical Fuckstorm with Moonburn. And finally again. Sleepyhead with what's gonna set you free? Ooh. So, Derek, your turn. Please hey. bring your earliest musical memory.
8: Uh, I, my earliest musical memory was seeing, uh, like this. Uh, bar band in Malta when I was five years old on vacation with my family, and they were all like wearing like the red suits, matching suits, and they all had like the perfect hair. And it was like this outdoor stage, and I was just like mesmerized watching, you know, this this Maltese bar rock band.
9: I, I think I can't even tell you what the music was, but it was just like the whole spectacle, you know.
0: Yeah, with well, the clothes. Yeah, just gave like i was away, sitting right? up front,
8: like yeah. five years old. I'm like, oh my god, this is like these are guys playing instruments. They're all matching. They
0: look cool. I'm like, this is what cool well, is. Malta, yeah. I'd never been to Malta, I'd like to, yeah, so where I, you grew, grew up, up in where did you grow up though? In in Holland. In Holland, which town? Yeah.
8: What's that? Uh, Bolsonaro. Okay. It's outside of The Hague, about uh, right, 40 right. minutes
0: outside of The Hague. Uh, what about uh, instruments, were there any in that this pad you grew up?
8: Yeah, so
0: my dad was actually at one
8: point uh aspiring pianist, classical pianist, but he kind of gave that up, but... He, you know, I always heard him play, and he would sort of have people over, and they would sort of have these little small trios and play classical stuff.
0: And there's a piano um, in the pad. Did you get the lesson thing?
8: No, surprisingly, out of all the brothers. I have three brothers. I was the only one who did not get musical um, education, which
0: is... But you end up on the keyboard. <laughs> no, you say What's keys. You're not piano, right? So, like, a, no, what, I just a synthesizer? Minimal,
8: you know? Yeah, nothing. No, just piano, and I would just sort of, like, I'd hear stuff. I remember asking my dad, I'm like, how do you play this Motley Crusoe home sweet home? <laughs> you know, like, show me the chords to that. I was, you know, I'm a little bit younger than Oh, so
0: back, you were taught but, by your father. Well, I would just ask him
8: stuff. Be yeah, like, yeah, show yeah, me a chord. Of course, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what about I, the first record you bought with your own money? Um,
8: you know, growing up in Holland, so it's a little different experience in the 70s. Um, 70s I buying, Holland,
0: that's golden earring.
8: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we saw Golden Earring, but I didn't really know Golden Earring uh, at the time, I think until I came to America and I I saw I think their they're video. still together. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you see the guys. He actually lives in the Hay. You can still see him there.
0: Which um, one, the guitar man? The, I think the or main or the guy, no, the main guy. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I saw him, you know, because he had a big hit on the r- FM rock radio, right? Radar Love. Yeah, but Radar the, Love. The gigs weren't like that, they were mainly like progressive. The guy would whipped out a flute. Really? really? I wouldn't no, shit no. you, Derek. So, what was the first gig <laughs> you saw? What's that? What was the first gig you saw? Uh, it was probably
8: Twisted Sister opening up for Iron Maiden. It's a Watt from
0: Pedro show, so there's no hard questions, there's no wrong answers. <laughs> yeah, Twisted Sister opening up for Iron Maiden. And what about. Uh, school marching band or choir, any of that shit? Uh, I did. I, I played. You
8: know, like what you said, the, the sort of the basement band on the weekends. There wasn't a lot to do growing up in Florida when I moved to America, so we kind of made our own.
0: No, I'm talking about like the the school. Like, there's a marching yeah, no, band or a... no, no, no marching okay. band, no,
8: nothing. Or really. they'll have
0: like the jazz band, or the uh, guys play no. at recitals, that kind of shit. No, none um, of that. Because you didn't want it.
8: I just, I, yeah. Or did just, the
0: school just, have it? Because this is one of the reasons it, I asked that question. It didn't seem
8: it's, cool to me. It just, no, we had it, but it just didn't seem as cool You know, to me Flea's well. got yeah. this
0: conservatory of music of Silver Lake, and he did that because yeah. he went back to high school yeah. where he learned how to play trumpet. They had gotten rid of the program. So this, this is one of the reasons why I asked this stuff. Some people think it's, uh, you know, frivolous, I guess, in my teaching.
8: Yeah, no, no. We did have, so we did have this guy. I was involved in theater, and so my, 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 basement band we did we were pretty good at doing like these pink floyd covers so we actually put on a show at the school to raise money for the theater was that we your did first form. gig that was yeah my first big gig yeah
0: okay okay and, and it was pink a success floyd, you got raised everything. money for the school huh
8: yeah to raise money for the arts program
0: yeah sure that's great in fact yeah. it, martin wong was at the gig sunday mm. brother matt and i'd done several gigs his uh, daughter calistar's Grade school in uh, Chinatown. Oh, we ha- did right, benefits yeah. so they could have instruments. Cool, Bitchin- save music in Chinatown. Remember y- those? Yeah, yeah. Uh, really interesting. And how'd you meet these guys? Uh,
8: I teach with Rachel, so we did. There was a faculty variety show, and she found out that I could play
0: guitar and bass. So school so. is kind of not grade school, but education yeah. is kind of the link that got Sleepy Head together.
2: It yep. is true. It is true. And that, that faculty variety show was also to fund um, uh, a scholarship fund. So it's to raise money so kids who didn't have the money to do study abroad weeks. So okay. really what we're learning is not enough money for the arts. It's
1: beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So does your school where you guys work have music and marching band and stuff?
5: It
0: does. does. Mark, mark yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, 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 we yeah. don't yet. Yeah. Oh. No, it. yes, no, no. What's your favorite color? Blue, but no, brown. <laughs> oh, I couldn't hear you, man. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, August 30, 2022, Dish Pedro Show. Special guest, Sleepyhead. Hold tight for hour two. August 30, 2022. It's the second hour of the for Pedro Show.
4: you might drop by and now here you are let me just grab my coat and my hat we'll go down to the corner bar have us some drinks and some laughs a ha ha, a ho ho, a hee hee and I was hoping you'd maybe stay my darling maybe stay the night with me I was hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping a whole lot of pain and suffering all over the world tonight floods and wars and disasters people ain't being treated right but not a whole lot we can do about it it's mostly out of our control so i was hoping for at least a few moments of joy some pleasure to soothe our soul i was hoping i was hoping i was hoping Oh, if we could catch a little bit of respite from the woes of this weary world that'd somehow be a little triumph our little banner of victory unfurl. if we could seize this fleeting moment and make it yours yours and mine i got to tell you my dear i was hoping we could let our little love light shine i was hoping i was hoping I was hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping.
0: show start off the second hour with the coronation from sleepyhead and sam bennett with i was hoping medicine singers daybreak sleepyhead again with the box for blue northern jaw with all molecules emily rob with Oom um. pakula trembles a beat from floating problems wild sometimes sleepyhead parasite n- number two from kiwi jr Ray Shin with It's Always 1989. And again, Sleepyhead with Pam and Eddie. Block of Sleepyhead. So, what about Torn? Did Sleepyhead get into Torn?
3: Yeah, in, in the 90s, we did a lot of touring. Rachel actually started teaching pretty young, so a lot of times it was during the summer, although there was one year I think he took a half a year off.
2: Yeah, and the school breaks. We could do we could get pretty far in the nine days from like Friday night of like an April or February vacation to the Sunday night. I'd bring papers and grade them in the van.
3: (laughs) So that would be like, we'd get out to Chicago and back to New York, but we did two full us tours. We, one of them, we opened for polvo. The other one we opened for coding on the West coast. We did one European tour in 96 and, and then lots of like,
0: you know, down to Florida and back to New York, like, like a week or two type of thing. I ninety five tour. I ninety five tour, like we, we over here, we got I five tours, right? Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. And then Chicago. We played
3: Chicago a lot at the Lounge Acts, usually.
2: Oh yeah, they were very good to us. Yeah.
0: Okay, and uh, and like you said, Mike lasted about ten years.
3: Yep. Yeah, he recorded the album that came out in 1999, but he kind of quit the band right when we finished recording. Like he was done with his parts. It wasn't not a bad. I mean, it was right. It was. He was still
2: shifting to film. Yeah.
3: So then we did a little bit of touring for that record with Dan on bass, uh, who, who was in Hypno Love Wheel, and as Rachel said, Special Pillow. Then Rachel and I had a couple of kids, so it slowed down a lot. And now our kids are older, so maybe we we might have another shot to do some more touring
0: again. What was the first gig with Derek?
3: The first gig oh, with Derek yeah. was a friend of ours in <laughs> Pro- yeah. It was a, a friend of ours in Providence organized this thing when John Kerry was running for president. So I guess that was two thousand four. Yeah. It was outside in downtown Providence, and that's when we like we're like, all right, Derek, we're doing a whole gig together together and then actually that's when we you know from then on we were like oh this is really awesome playing with Derek so.
0: How long did you practice with him before that gig? Remember?
2: I don't know. I mean we like playing music so it was probably more than necessary for the gig. I mean we'd like to play so I think we probably just started playing for fun. We would do a, a lot of months maybe? Yeah. A couple months. Friday afternoon. But you guys were thinking filed. just one gig.
0: You didn't think this was the new version of the band. No, but I think after the gig we thought. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so when you start playing with Derek, what about recording right away?
2: No, because we were finishing the album Wild sometimes, which we had started. That had like a, the, a, the older oh, people so, on the ba- in the well, band
0: then, right? Cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So then but we did have the good idea that we had to get at least a few songs on that album record like recording with Derek. So a lot of those first years playing with Derek, we were playing and having fun and starting to write our own songs, the three of us together, and finishing Wild sometimes, which just took a very long time. But then it was done and then we put it out and then from like the minute that was out, then we were just Continuing finishing the songs that were done that the three of us made together, and now we just keep doing that
0: and keep now, doing it. Mike that. and Dan was the bass players. Yeah, what, what, what does Derek do left hand? There,
3: Derek does a lot more, but way more than either of them. They just strictly played bass. Dan might have sung a couple of backup vocals, but Derek like bought a Wurlitzer at one point, and we he. We practiced, you know, started playing with that. We're like, oh, this could go somewhere else. So then we started playing all, you know, and then also Derek can sing. And we started really working on having a lot more harmony vocals in our music, three-part harmonies. So Derek changed the band a lot in in that sense. But I I think for me, it made us able to play more music that, like, I think I had in my head that I don't, never really were, were able to get, actually on tape <laughs> but
0: um well let me so, ask yeah. you about that process do you make demos yeah. for the band
3: yeah we we usually what we do like derek has all a bunch of stuff at his house for like more serious home recording i i we usually just like we'll get like a you know record something on our phone and then i'll make like a simple acoustic demo on my ipad or something so that our producer has something before we go into the studio, so it's not just like going in there with nothing, but not not super fancy demos, pretty basic.
0: Well, like that record, he was added to stuff that was already recorded, right? Derek, you yeah, mean? the other first. Oh yeah.
2: no, 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 no! So that we were just finishing all the overdubs and mixing, and then we did three. I thought more you said songs. that you
0: wanted him part of that record.
2: Yeah, but that's so that's why we included. I think oh, brand the,
0: new the tunes that were
2: written with him. A,
3: yes, three. Two new, two new songs and a Bevis Front cover that Derek plays on those three songs.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, but the other guys, the other tunes had the other guys. Yeah, and all they, the
2: other... The other ones had all dance.
3: All the other keyboards on that record are of Michael Deming, the producer, who's a really good Hammond player.
0: Has he done all your records?
3: No, we, we've had a bunch of different producers. We've, like... Um, we record a couple records with Martin Beezy. Who you oh, yeah, know. I know Martin. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Uh, I was in the studio with the Sonic Youth when they did ah. EVOL, and it was yeah. trippy. He didn't have Evil. a boof.
3: Yeah. I, I think mean, he has like, a
0: boof now, but it, he was in the same room where they played, so how could you tell what was coming through the microphone? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's Martin's vibe. We yeah. love Martin. but And actually, yeah. recording yeah. there, like it was actually EVOL was probably the, the album that I felt like I was like, in hallowed ground because that record had been recorded there and then we recorded um with this guy fred brockman that was a friend of ours from hoboken and and, and then now up here the most then we recorded with michael Deming at studio 45 in hartford and now we record with john who's at q division studios it's it's his studio and that's our guy right now he's really he really was important to this newest record he
2: but we left somebody out our very, very first time uh, in the studio.
3: John Sickett and Lyle
0: Heisen. Yeah. Nope,
2: before that. Oh, Kramer. <laughs> okay, I forgot
0: about yeah, Kramer. Yeah, because you said something about Shimmy Disc.
3: Yeah, our first record was... Oh, first, our first 7-inch was with Kramer at the original Noise New York. And then I um, think it was a compilation
0: record. you were talking about, and you said that the compilation comp- actually had the first song you wrote.
3: Yeah, because I think the first song we wrote was not on the first 7-inch, and that... that Shimmydust compilation, the Chemical Imbalance slash Chimita's was was uh, recorded with James Cavusi, who had the studio called Toxic Shock in New York. It okay. was
0: a great studio. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that, but I think Martin B.C.'s was called B.C., right? Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Uh, common era now, people say, but yeah. it's uh, yeah. He's got Italian. You know, he uh, I got to play with him about three years ago. He he okay. was leading oh, the band. Yeah. Yeah, he was 70, leading 20. a band, and it was in Toronto. From oh, Horseshoe. That's fun. Rachel played drums on, like, an EP of his, Yeah. Yes. He that actually was... made an SST record, I remember. Yeah. Like a Martin B.C. Soul, It has a Kachina doll, I think, on the cover.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right,
0: yeah. Uh, but a great guy, and it was good to see him again. In a, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. You know,
0: this idea where p- people who play also can record. You know, yep. one thing is equipment and everything's more econo, but I just think it's a great thing. And that's yeah. why I kind of asked you about demos and stuff. Now you're saying Derek does home recording.
8: Yeah, I just, during the time that we were recording the last album, um, I uh, started writing my own songs, which I'd never done before. And I just, just a whole bunch of them came out all at once. And I just uh, wanted to record them at home. And I had my my childhood friend who I met growing up uh, when I moved to America, uh, who just sat in with us. I've known this guy for 40 years. Uh, he, he would just sort of help produce me. You know, he, he could play drums better than I could, and he knew how to mix it. So we just sort of emailed stuff back and forth.
0: Trading files. Yeah. Yeah, in the last couple of years. Well, I actually started around 15 years ago doing that, m- made whole yeah. albums with people I've never even met. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, really a trip about that. It yeah. really is. It's yeah. like uh, being at the bathhouse in the... Power goes off, right? <laughs> is that you? Is that you? It don't matter, <laughs> brother Matt. Excuse me, good sleepyhead people, but it is time to bring forth the spin cycle. Right on. So we'll get
1: so here we go with side four, snap, crackle, and pop of ESL. English is a second language.
10: Contacted from a wet, warm, moist substance, like a wet towel. So the main thing is whenever you find a wet towel, don't wipe it on your genitals, don't kiss it. Another way to not get herpes, especially being a girl, which I am, being a girl especially, that is if one of your girlfriends wants to borrow your lipstick, flatly refuse. But you know, maybe let her use a little bit, but if one of your girlfriends who has one of those crazy sores on her lips, borrows your lipstick unauthorized, give her the lipstick. Beings that I, as mentioned, am an expert in not getting herpes. First of all, you go into a public bathroom only when it's a necessity. And you do not touch anything in the public bathroom but yourself and paper towels. That's all you touch. You don't touch the handles. You use your feet. Of course, you do the old toilet flush with your feet. I mean, they have those, you know, those tissues, you know, those Polish tablecloths. Use those. If they don't have those, complain to management. If they, I mean, go outside, it's safer. Oh, yes, and for you people who have herpes, I don't want you to be worried about, oh, gosh, you know, meeting new guys and new girls. You're afraid to get intimate with them because, you know, you have to tell them that you have herpes or they could get it and, you know, their babies could be born blind. So they have now put together a place especially for people who have herpes. It's a new exclusive club. It's in Hollywood, and I believe it's called Herpes Are Us, or is it called Herpes Only? I'm not real, or dismembered only, or something. (coughs) Of course, I have nothing against people who have herpes. I can honestly say some of my best friends have herpes, and I think everybody should have one. (laughs) But I did hear, you know, all the stuff about herpes. Don't worry about it. Forget it. If you've got it, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. The government is really working on it day and night, around the clock. They are working on a cure for herpes. In fact, I hear right now in test conditions, they have a vaccine that is 95% effective against herpes. No big deal. You want to have herpes? There's one side effect. You get the shot, you lose the herpes, but you contact polio. It's sad, but, no, you know, what What can I say? No big deal. Uh, I asked a few friends how they kept from getting herpes, and my dear friend Andy Chopini, the famous GQ lifeguard in Malibu, said that he uses the Truth and Sex Act. That is, that you tell the girl that if she lies to you and says she doesn't have herpes and she does, that after you have sex and you get it, you'll kill her. I mean, he says it works really good every time. It isn't very romantic, is it?
11: Every night I want to go insane. I put on my boots and my chains. We're gonna know who's tough and who's lame. The world's
12: gonna know our name! DSY! 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 One, two, three, four! Mindless destruction! No rules from me! Mindless destruction! No rules for you!
6: I held on to the crumbs of a half-smoked joint tightly while clutching my hands behind my back. He tapped me on the shoulder and said, what have you got? I felt so poorly that I could only type in lowercase. She was allergic to bullshit and she could feel her eyes watering. Her eyes were turning yellow and her skin was crawling at the sight of his name on a plain white envelope. Her lips stung as she tried to speak, but what did it all mean? She wouldn't call it love. His skin was too pale. Her only hope was eternal salvation. She had nothing to fear. The idea had a lukewarm reception. She danced into the living room. How did I know we never had? Okay, what's
11: going to happen when the big earthquake hits?
13: Knows.
11: That's I nice think to find when out, the right? when a big earthquake hits, everybody will be eating shit in their condos <laughs> and their rent of cars. <laughs> and we'll just all be, yeah, we'll be partying <laughs> for the last time and then just, you know, dying off and floating into As the ocean. That's
5: more to come. <laughs> uh. Okay,
11: can we talk about the beach? What beaches do you guys go to? And what do Malibu. you like or dislike? Malibu is real cool because, you know, it's. It, it eliminates the low class element of our society. I mean, Malibu to me is like real wasp and, you it know. It
14: is. It is. It's like so kind accepted. of on a
11: weird level, but as no, far as, you know, the like I, Iranians and Negroes and, you know, Jews and that whole bit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there was a piece of shit playing at the X tonight. But check out all the fucking tricks hanging out on yeah. the boulevard tonight.
6: All right. Who?
11: I mean, like this Locals? other dude. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this um, dude, like, offered a friend of mine 250 for head. But later we heard he was into. it? Yeah, How but. sleazy
6: was he, Garth?
11: Oh, he was real sleazy. I mean, like, Tummy. herpes and hepatitis Ew, gone three roast.
6: times over. Sick. Ew.
11: No, it's like the war and everything else. It's like what our generation has produced is a bunch of stupid, pretty clones at ours or um, the war or nuclear destruction or communism or anything. We're too busy shopping to think about those things because, you know, it's like that all that matters to our generation is that we're beautiful and that by sixteen, so we owned a four fifty s l c mercedes R and is bullshit it doesn't mean anything. it doesn't have any drugs, doesn't have any action, no pretty pictures. so to the teenagers of Los Angeles, California, it's nothing. We need noise, we need drugs, we need sex, we need rock rebellion, we need rock and roll and as far as being c- poetic and all that's concerned, it doesn't mean shit to us.
15: The news has hit the streets Our love is in danger Watch out For impeccable strangers That insidious female With a pink corsage Might be a case of Sabotage inner pinball signal tilt when she asked you for a light. So cool and nonchalant you didn't need to be too bright to watch your pieces fall together in that sinister collage. Double cross and sabotage. Now that woman is a slimy operator Doing what I knew she would But you've been willing Collaborate on it You're up to no good Oh, you delivered all our secrets And you've tightened up the noose. You wired me like a light bulb And
2: you're leaning on the juice
9: they find me in the trunk of some derelict dodge
15: victim of love and sabotage of love and sabotage
11: L.A. The only place in the world where everybody you meet is on their way to become somebody else.
16: This really bugs me. Do you guys ever say this to you? What? You go out somewhere and you're like, you know, you're going out a nice social event. And you're walking along and everything, and like usually backstage somewhere. <laughs> and some former boyfriend walks up to you and goes, Hi, God, you look great! With like a total
7: surprise. Like, what do they expect you to look like? A piece of
16: <laughs> shit? <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs>
2: I don't understand. What do they think I'm going to look like? It makes me sick. I hate
9: when guys say that. Return to the planet of the apes. We apes have been eaten, worshipped, of West the apes. Hated. Circa 57. The and, and, and Anita Ekberg persecuted, really got me and through. We are the lights no substitute were on at the Colosseum. Dreaming of Bardot at the Wax Museum. And Rock and roll civilists. madness was our self-defense. Schoolgirl desire was the sacred fire. We were victims children. of passion, with no real action. There was Fools, no factory where we monsters. paid our dues. We broke. The silver chains In dirty rain of coats. your Christian ancient repression. teachers we are told lies to families and themselves. Apes. We choked on hot dogs drinking peanuts, wine soda and, and, and soda. We'll Behind balls of passion we were pimple if you'll be our cream warriors. Yes. You are voluptuous, I'm carrying black tulips. I run with long the men men of tomorrow the boys of I the kiss yesterday. you with my enormous mouth <gasps> and we tea. So many cinderellas. <laughs> I am your joy. We may I never go to sleep.
6: Mm-hmm. Check him out. Is he a regular? I, I think, don't know. I've yes. seen him here once or twice He always dances on stage. Wait a minute. Look hey, at him. look at that Nina Hagen. Oh, come on, let's wow. just go straight out. Hey, wait a minute. Is he fine? I feel like I dancing know. right away. I want someone to ask me to I dance. I saw the TV last oh. week with another guy. Oh, right. What is it? I feel like a meat thought? market when we do meat? that. I don't know, but he certainly looks good it to It is me. a meat market. Check out those legs. Oh. Check out those leather I'm going. Pants. I don't care what you're going to do. baby.
16: Well, I don't want him. Me. I really want him. No, 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 no. I'm gonna get that boy. Oh my I want that boy. You're not touching oh, that one one boy. He's mine.
6: Hair. Yeah. Is the me? one the yes. oh, oh, mod. That mod. That mod. I love him. Oh,
16: he's gorgeous. Look at that
6: jacket. Those pants. Love that earring. Oh, that, that cross, cross in his ear. Hey, where
16: are you from?
6: Hey, I said he's from, from Redondo Beach. No, Burbank. Hey, maybe Hollywood. How come no one ever lives near us? Santa I want Monica. a boy from Santa Monica.
11: Okay, so you're we're in the mid '60s. Was there really draft problems? Draft problems,
8: heavy draft Lawyer, problems. Lawyer, lawyership. Lawyer, yeah. uh, conscientious objector, uh, possible faggot. You know, I, I went down. Uh, he said to transfer up to San Francisco. This is after two years of hassling with this thing. You know, mm-hmm. trying to get a one Y and all that in school or two Y, whatever they call it. And I went to San Francisco and I they, I failed the induction. Man, they, they took me into the room and they said, Listen, um, we really don't want it. We don't need you. We honestly Why don't did need you. you. Fail? Because I, just, I was very straight ahead, you know, I said, listen, I, I, in this society, I've stopped for the red lights and I go for the green, you know, I'm functioning, and if you think you need me, you know, I'm, okay, I'm available. And the guy says, well, I, I don't think we need you. And the song that went through my head when I went out of So Glad by The Cream, man, it went through my head for three days straight. Now, is that damage or What?
13: And just a long time ago, when I was a kid, I had a choice, and I made a bet against SC, and John McKay was the coach at the time against Air Siegen, and I made a bet, and I gave up so many points, and uh, I started crying, because SC came back in the game, and I prayed for SC to win, because I knew I was going to lose the game. And I've said, I'm never, ever, ever going to go against SC because that's my team. I'll never give them up. I'll never back down from nobody. They're my team. I'll fight anybody. They're my team. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, to conclude our halftime show. the The marina swingers well the tradition is for sc to beat the crap out of ucla every year not just beat them but annihilate (laughs) them well the ucla fans they are always around when things are getting on the get going good but when things are on the bad they're never around. They just go in the woodworks. And then when you bet with them, you can only collect from half of them. Because they're welchers. They welch. is nothing worse than a welcher. And I hate welchers. No doubt about it. Those Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are amateurs compared to the SC cheerleaders. This is a man's game. You guys have got to go out there. You're trying to kill each other. It's war. It's like the Greeks against the Romans or whatever. Annihilators!
9: Vision of Jack, for Jack Kerouac. Lost baseball cards and lines of bop. Mindstorm sailor riding two lane seas. Lone angels wet with wisdom. Yage sages expounding heavy light. The doorway to hell is plainly marked no exit or life insurance. Vagrant voyeurs find no keyhole. Traveling salesmen tell old jokes. Castrate Christ's squeak bad blessings. Parts. A thermos of hemlock and a tin of dreams, hot lunch for a lonely poet.
16: You have the right to go out with a guy and leave with a cute one who comes along. You have the right to insult anyone to their face who is not as cool as you are. You have the right to sit on the toilet seat even though it springs back up. You have the right to be drunk and obnoxious.
5: (laughs) You have the right
6: to walk
16: with leaves and toilet paper stuck on your spike heels. You have the right to pick up your skirt so everyone can see your pretty petticoats.
6: You have the right to wear your lipstick
16: all over your face, but only when drunk. You have the right not to pay for your own drinks. No, you're right.
5: No, you're right. No, you're right.
4: Hey, everybody, I'm not. What with the new technologies and wonder drugs and all? But I
15: discovered some
0: amazing stuff while I was
15: dead. I
16: Are there any girls? Meet the Beatles, 1964, age five. Um, my brother's best friend's aunt worked at Capitol. We got the record. We listened to it in the living room on that little thing, that little not a stereo, just a one-piece thing. They were the coolest thing. They were everything. They were life. They were just the thing to, the most exciting thing. And once they went to a party. I think it was the party that Peter Fonda was at. You know, in Brentwood, because I grew up in Brentwood, which is, like, a nice neighborhood. And um, there was a party down the street, and, like, there was, like, cops all over the place. And we were, like, little kids, about seven, six, seven, eight, trying to figure out what was going on. But the rumor was that the Beatles were at this party, and I bet they were. We were upset with them. <laughs> After I graduated college, I came back to L.A. I had to put a band together, but I had to do it on my own. I'd been working with somebody from my past. It didn't work out. So I, I made a flyer that listed all my favorite bands. I listed The Last Love, the Bob Bremmels, The Ventures, The Blue Caps, Gene Vincent's band. I mean, I listed a medley of bands, my favorite bands. I went to the Whiskey... When some band was playing one night, I put a big stack of flyers. They are really cool flyers. They had drawings of different guitars. I was secretly hoping that people would play Vox bass and a a Rickenbacker guitar and stuff like that into the bathroom. And this was really sad because every time I went into the bathroom to see if anybody had picked up a flyer, they were all in the trash can. And I kept going in and putting them back out on the sink. And then finally, whoever hated me for putting those flyers in there ripped them all up, shredded them. So I was, like, really bummed out. I was very depressed. At the bottom, it said, must be nice, in the biggest letters of the whole thing. John Lennon's death blew my mind, but I took it as as a message, as a signal to get it together and to do what I always wanted to do because he was such an inspiration to me. My current band came through an ad in the recycler. I met the Peterson girls, sisters, and um, it was like we knew that night that it was it. That was all it took. I mean, they knew who the grassroots were. I mean, they were into all the same things that I was into.
0: Brother
1: Matt! Do it! Thank you so
0: much. What made you do what you did to us with your cyclage? Technological breakdowns.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that was side four of English as a second language. The last four appearances, (laughs) we brought four sides of
0: English as a second language. Thank you, Harvey.
1: Sampling of Harvey Kubernick there. So, Tough Muffin. We had a couple of herpes stories there. Chuck (laughs) Dukowski was in there. Tequila Mockingbird. A few voices from yesteryear going back about 40 yesteryears. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You believe it. Anyway, thank you so much. Right at the end of the second hour, August 30th, 2022 edition of What for Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. August 30th, 2022. It's the third hour What for Pedro Show. Love me.
14: Because tonight I will dream that you are mine And you can't say no this time So it's fair Yeah. Mm-hmm.
15: This
5: life
0: isn't hard Life is hard Life is hard right. for Pedro's show Start off the third hour Sleepyhead, he had to do a new alchemy We were talking about Dick Lloyd And his uh, alchemy Up, Itchy self After that with God bless the ego Miriam Gendron, this uh, she's from uh, Mon- uh, Quebec, Montreal. Farewell, bridge of flowers, brittle, tragic assembly with stilted transmission, and finally, life is hard, sleepyhead. So let, let's talk about this this most recent record. Yeah. Well, bring it. I was there. Yeah. Well, you've been asking so
2: many questions. We were waiting. We were waiting for the questions. Yeah. No, well,
0: we, what about we this were... new album?
2: Yeah. So
3: when we we recorded those three songs with Derek, it ended up being the last on on Wild. Sometimes that studio, those we recorded at Q Division Studios, which is one of the like bo- legendary Boston studios. Um, we, we realized you know which we one wanted... I've recorded at Fort Apache. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah. another one. Yep. We've so, never
2: recorded Yeah,
3: stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, so we knew we wanted to record there. We kind of did this record in batches of about four songs. So we 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 get the we got the first four songs together. Um, we now and now by now we're playing with Derek all the time, which is really easy because he lives five minutes from our house. We have band rooms set up in both houses, so we don't have to like huff, go to a rehearsal space and just go down and start playing. So. Um, we recorded four songs. We took another year or two to record, write the another batch. We recorded those four. And then the last four or five was kind of like started in the pandemic. But we were, you know, I think we were kind of an appealing band to the studio when they started letting people back in because, well, Rachel and I are one household and Derek's just one other person. So, and they knew we were, you know. A little bit older, being, maybe being more careful. I don't know. So we, we actually got a lot done during the pandemic, yep. finishing the rest of the record. Um, then we just got this really great guy to master it up in Boston, Jeff Lipton at Peerless Mastering. Well, well, and
0: Let me get at the producer. Yep. Uh, there three different sessions, right?
3: Yeah, all with the same producer. Same producer. Now, how would you meet John- this guy? Yeah, so we met him when we recorded, well, we recorded at Q Division in the 90s, we had one session that Eric Masanaga, who was putting our records out at the time, we we were on his small label, um, brought us there, so we had...
2: Well, and it was to try digital recording for the first time, and exactly what you would fear the most happened. It disappeared. So
3: we had been there before. <laughs> what well, you mean disappeared? Like you
0: lost your you recorded songs? Yeah, the songs. files.
3: We had trouble with the files. So that, that nothing ever came from that first time. But it was it's a great studio. Oh, it was yeah. like a new, a new tech at the we time. We keep
2: going back.
3: Yeah. So we knew we wanted to record there. And, and just just talk to John about producing it. Because he didn't produce when he recorded those other songs. He was just engineering. and um, But he just had a really great vibe. And we just we correctly... Determined that he would be a really good produce, good match for us.
0: Was he also we, the engineer?
3: This is John Luffer, who really is a producer, but he happened to just be engineering the, the okay. one session okay. we did. Well, sometimes
0: 20... the, the same guy will do both jobs. Yeah,
3: yeah. Generally, our sessions at Q Division there is a couple. They have some great engineers. There's always at least one or two engineers there, um, so he could focus more on really producing, but of course, doing everything too.
0: And since and he, s- since it yeah. was in batches. Uh, there was no writing in the studio. You would come in there with finished songs. Yeah, yeah.
3: So. And, and you know, and a K you know, sometimes we, of course, you start recording and we'd realize that, like, some of our harmonies have, had notes in unison, and you have to go, like, okay, that's not working. But get most,
5: piano. yeah,
3: most, <laughs> and, and also try and like, you know, like we would try stuff too. Like, let's see what the piano sound. Let's let's get the Hammond out. Let's, in fact, once that song New Alchemy has an actual mellotron, we're like, let's get the mellotron out. So there's, there was. They got a songs. Mellotron
0: at their studio. Yeah,
3: yeah. Let, yeah. Let, me, let me tell
0: the listeners about this. Yeah, uh, yeah, do <laughs> you can hear it on a Beatles uh, "Strawberry Fields" or shit. Exactly. But it, yeah. people, it was like eight tape recorders. Oh, it's crazy! It's a crazy <laughs> It of like a shit ton, right? But nothing yeah, sounds yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. yes. It, <laughs> like,
3: none of the digital simulations of those sound like the thing. So it's like. It's, that's another thing that's great about recording at a place like that, is they actually have that.
0: You're like talking resources, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: There's so nothing you want like to that.
3: Do a 12 string part. There's an amazing 12 string Rick hanging on the wall. That you just pull down and the amps they have just are Cause a lot of the recording, like there's some guitar pedals on there, but almost all of the guitar sounds are just like really great amps with no, no pedals, just
0: cranked up. What about this tune? Good, good. Bye. That's one of Derek's tunes. Yeah. That's okay, a I want to play that. This is for you, yeah. Derek. Show last music for this edition. Started the chunk off with Derek Tune for Sleepyhead. Good, goodbye. And then David Gerard, who's a Bostonian. Uh, follow the Path to the Sea. Mini Beast. Now, this is Peter, Qu- uh, Mission to Burma, right? Drummer Man. Not only did he move to Providence, Rhode Island, but he also has another guy on drums who plays guitar now. And this is his proj here, Mini Beast, with Steam on Ice. Then Hot Pursuit of Happiness, which is Tollum, his new proj. Who Will Lose? And finally, Sleepyhead, Can You Leave the Light On? What's that one about?
2: Well, I sing it, but Chris wrote it, so I'm going to let Chris talk about it, and then I'll chime in if I need to. Uh, Yeah,
16: I think it's, you know, just the, it's like writing songs for Rachel to
3: sing. I think it's a song like a, a relationship going badly, um,
0: Good, because I thought it was like that Mo Six commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that yeah, with that I, voice, no. you would know this voice right away. It's it's kind
3: of like like can we get this? Can we make this work again? And like, can you forgive me? And can I? Can you take me back? But it's the woman is the is the kind of one with the power in the relationship. And, in my mind,
0: Chris, let me ask you do, you: do you have like when it comes to the spiel, the words? Yep. Do you have like a notebook of lyrics, or, or or do you write on demand? Like, whoa, I need a spiel here. And so you write, or do you keep, like, a backlog, like, kind of a resource?
3: Yeah, I have a little notebook, and I sometimes type some things, too. um, And it's it's more like, is there a song that needs lyrics, and that I work on it, and I'm kind of slow with it, but I am working on a new song that I kind of had a breakthrough recently.
0: When does the title come? When
3: does the title come? It really depends on the song. Like, Can You Leave the Light on? It came early because it, the chorus part
0: came really well, I'm early glad to hear that back. because I have to start with the title, and like every, almost everybody I ask that question, they put it on last. But if I don't have it as a title, I have no focus.
3: Yeah. Anymore. I can see, I totally can see that. I, I think that's the case sometimes. Like, right? especially... If you think of a really good title, like New Alchemy, for instance, like that was this place in my hometown growing up, and I always wanted to write a song inspired by it, so that, that, that was almost easy to write the lyrics, because the idea was just there hanging over the top of the page, you know? Well, not really, but you can enlighten me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, yeah, New the New Alchemy Institute was this place in the 70s, on Cape Cod, where these scientists were trying to, like, experiment with, like, completely sustainable living like growing all their own food fish farms recycling human waste which is not easy to do and um i used to go there on like field trips when i was in elementary school and i i just always Car- de- uh, there's
0: a couple, a town a couple towns from us here pedro called carson and we, yeah we call that a turd farm but it's <laughs> it's good they have them because they used to just shoot it right into the ocean here you know pedro's yeah, in the harbor hard. yes so you can imagine towns that live by uh, the ocean, but they just shot that shit right into. A... <laughs> Literally. So, you know, Turk Farm's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah. You said you're working on a song right now. Yeah. Because this is a trip, right? You get an album done, even though this yep. baby took a while, three different th- over a span of years, right? Yeah. You're already thinking of the next record, right? Yeah, we got to
3: pick up the pace. I mean, it, 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 we, this was eight years between albums, and it was 15 years between the previous two. There was a reissue in there that helped a little bit. But, but it's
0: beautiful that you got the band there, you know, when it's time, like Horse and yeah. Wells, right? No wine before yep. it's time. But yeah. now you want to you, you pick up the pace. And if people yeah, want to find, find you either- on the internet, where can yeah. they go? Uh, You can go to sleepyheadrockband.bandcamp.com.
3: That's, you know, obviously the most helpful to us, but it's also streaming just about everywhere.
0: But you Uh, ain't got your um, own Sleepyhead website.
3: Yes, sleepyheadrockband.com.
0: You can find everything
3: there. That's great
0: because it's like having your own fanzine. I mean, we can staple up flyers on those commercial telephone poles. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) you have your own fanzine, unfiltered. Kind of the opposite of that turd farm's job. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it is the
5: same.
0: It's beautiful. I I love the idea of keeping a band together like that, and also it's a partnership, right? Having a band is like having a marriage too, in a way. Yeah, and yep. and it seems like Derek is a great third cat. Yeah, it's it, we're we're having
3: so much like. We, we're playing all the time. We It's like, it's it's just, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm i been in this band since I was 19, and I'm 51, and I'm having more fun now than I have ever had in the whole history Beautiful. of it.
0: So Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, when you get this other batch done, all three of you, come back on the show, please. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Really good. Brother Matt. Yeah. Thank you for sending you in a in of that. People, it's been the August 30, 2022 edition. While Peter, she'll keep your powder dry